Hello, everybody. My name is Nkozi, and this is the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. Normally, this would be the moment where I'd introduce my co-host, John. Sadly, he had to be in an emergency situation, so he couldn't record this week. But you get all of me, so I hope that's enough. Anyways, this week, we're going to talk about one serious topic and one not-so-serious topic. First serious topic, we're going to talk about the Justin Roiland situation and how that's going to affect a lot of things. Also, we're going to talk about the Oscar nominations as a whole, as well as some of the recent drama that's come out about the Oscar nominations. So let's jump right into it. Unless you've been living under a rock for the past couple of years, you've heard about a show on Cartoon Network, specifically in the Adult Swim portion, and that show is a little show called Rick and Morty. Now, it's been on for several seasons now. I believe it's up to seven now, and it is incredibly popular in pop culture amongst young adults as well as older millennials it's a show following a crazy doctor his name is rick sanchez and his adventures with his grandson morty now i personally do love that show i have seen it every single season it's hilarious to me so It obviously came as a shock when in early January, about January 17th, that we got news with the show that the creator, the co-creator of the show, Justin Roiland, has in fact been charged with domestic abuse allegations. And this has really kind of rocked the overall landscape of Hollywood. And to be more specific, it's rocked the overall landscape of Adult Swim. You see, these allegations stem from a 2020 incident with a person that we know only as Jane Doe. And he is facing two counts of domestic violence. To be more specific, it's one count of uh, domestic battery with corporal injury and one count of false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, or deceit. Now, in this case, they've had several pretrial hearings. Uh, He was released uh, on a $50,000 bond and his attorney, Edward Wellborn, has said, he is innocent, these charges aren't accurate, and that they will be dismissed. In lieu of that, however, several other places have taken action in regards to these charges. So, he's with Disney's uh, 20th animation. They have let him go from his show's uh, Solar Opposites as well as let him go from the role he had in the show Koala Man. Also, 
he personally resigned from his place as CEO of Squanch Studios, which just released a very well-received game called High on Life. And in regards to his biggest thing, Rick and Morty, he has been let go from his contract by Adult Swim. They are still going to credit him as a co-creator. However, they're going to move on and they're going to not only move on from him, they're also going to recast his voice and have somebody else voice Morty in that role. Now, this is a lot, obviously, that happened in a very short amount of time. It very much snowballed into this. Does that mean it's the wrong decision? No. And to be clear, I don't know if he is innocent or if he is guilty. Nobody knows that except the people who are actually prosecuting this, and I'm not going to speculate on that. The big thing that I'm just going to talk about is why this happened, why this happened so quickly, and also why... I think this isn't going to affect his properties as much as a lot of people think. So the first question is why it happened so quickly. Well, the thing we have to remember is that now we are in a different age. We are in the age of information. We are in an age where a lot of people can find out things very, very quickly. So that means we are in an age of heightened scrutiny and also heightened interest. So if you are going to pilot something or be the face of something and you're going to be facing these charges, which are not small charges, these are serious charges. If you're going to face them, you're going to be asked that question whenever you step up and you go into a meeting, whenever you do any press, anything like that, you are going to face scrutiny for them. If you are Adult Swim, if you are Hulu slash Disney, why would you take that chance? It makes no sense. This is the only way this situation could have moved forward. It only could have moved forward with Justin Roiland being sidelined at the absolute minimum if not just let go completely and we also need to remember disney has done this before they did this with the very popular creator of the guardians of the galaxy movies remember they let him go just off of tweets that he said Not off of accusations, not off of uh, charges. They let him go off of tweets that came out, things that he'd already apologized for beforehand. So this isn't something that's surprising in regards to the studios as they are dealing with it. The way that their math happens or their math occurs is very simple. It is If you did something wrong, depending on what you did, how much can we ride out the wave of you doing something wrong? And with a lot of these high 
big ticket items, that wave is going to be very, very short. As we have seen, these things don't necessarily die down. They only intensify. So if you're going to go out, if these are charges that are happening against you, then they're going to cut bait. They're going to cut bait and they are going to apply a wait and see scenario. Now, if everything comes back and he's found not guilty, maybe they'll evaluate. However, I highly doubt that he'll be back as the co-creator of Adult Swim. Now, him being with Solar Opposites and Koala Man, I can't speculate. I can't uh, speculate on. The only thing I can't speculate on is that if he is found, like if he's able to go through this and he's able to come out this on the other end, okay. Which, like I said, I'm not going to speculate on the trial. I'm not going to speculate on anything like that. The only thing I could see happening is that Squanch Games could still hire him back on. He won't be CEO, but they could still hire him back on. Because in a game studio, it's bigger than just any one person. He was the CEO of it. However, I think they're going to really move forward and still be successful without him. So if you want my opinion on this whole situation, you want my opinion on the stuff that's happening, my simple cut and dry opinion is this. He is gone. They're going to wait and see. They are going to look through the trials. They're going to look through what the what the uh, what the end result of this case is, and then they will reevaluate. If there's one thing that you know capitalism has taught all of us, it is that if you can get out the other end, and if you are good enough. People are willing to take you on. The biggest one I can point to that has that is Deshaun Watson. It was no surprise to me that as long as he was not found guilty, he would be able to find another home. He'd be able to find another job. And he has. And he'll be right out there playing next year. So... As big as the situation is right now, it'll be interesting to see it move forward, how big it will be a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. I'm not sure how big it will be. It all depends on if these charges do in fact stick. And I, I wouldn't be 100% surprised if he came back if they don't. So... I'll be keeping my eye on it. I'll be looking at this situation and we'll just we'll just have to wait and see what comes out of it. So our next topic will be about the 2023 Oscars. Now, before we talked about the 
2023 Golden Globes. We went through the winners and the losers as well as our opinions. So we're also going to go into the nominations for the 2023 Oscars as well as some controversy surrounding at least one or really two of the uh, nominations. Because trust me, there is some big things going on about at least two of the nominations. So let's just start going through them category by category. First category we're going to talk about is actor in a leading role. Uh, you have Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, you have Paul Mescal for the movie After Sun, and you have Bill Nye for the movie Living. Uh, I have no opinions on this, obviously. And the thing I love about the Oscars is all of these, you know, movie award shows they all kind of lead into one another so we saw with the golden globes one thing here at the oscars we're going to see another and austin butler he won a golden globe we're going to see if he can win an oscar or not i don't know but it'll be interesting to watch actor in a supporting role obviously we have brendan gleason from banshees of inishirin we have brian tyree henry for causeway we have Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. We have Barry Cohagen for Banshees of Inishirin. And then we have K. Hu Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And if you were listening to our previous podcast, you know exactly where I'm going to go with this. I love Brian Tyree Henry, and I wouldn't be mad if he won the uh, Oscar here. I just really love K. Hu Kwan, and I think. His role in that was just a tick better than Brian Tyree Henry's in Causeway, even though that was amazing in that. So, fingers crossed, if one of those two win, I'm not going to be mad. But with our next role, actress in a leading role, we get to very interesting territory here. So, the nominees in this are Kate Blanchett for Tar. Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yao for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Now, I know you're asking, well, where is the controversy? And the controversy is around Andrea Riseborough in regards to the movie Two Leslie. Now, the interesting thing about that movie is that movie, a lot of people are considering, might have, in fact, done some shady things. Now, what do I mean by shady things? I mean that with the movie in particular, that movie was not really considered for a lot of Oscar uh, nominations. It was a small movie. Yes, it was an indie. However, because of the time it came out and because so many other movies were generating hype, nobody thought it would get in in regards to the Oscars. So when people saw it was being 
nominated in this and other categories, a lot of people took notice. And in fact, the Oscars did as well, simply because they've launched an investigation or they're implementing a review because questions are being raised about the last minute campaign specifically around the movie to Leslie. And the big thing is because she had this grassroots campaign that was backed by a lot of A-list talent. We're talking about Kate Winslet, Jane Fonda, Charlize Theron, Gwyneth Paltrow, Amy Adams. Now, I know that what a lot of people don't know about the Oscars is that a lot of the Oscar nominations have to deal not only with quality of the movie, but also with a little bit of glad handing or a little bit of, you know, getting people gifts and stuff like that, especially to the people who are voting in those categories. Because if you can sway the voters, then you can get the Oscars. I remember one of the most famous quotes on that was when Denzel Washington got his Oscar and he talked about how his uh, manager said, you're going to get these gifts, you're going to give these handshakes, and you're going to get the Oscar. And he simply said at the end of that story, well, I won the Oscar that year. And it was a great quote, but it does lend a hand in that it's not all about the art, that there is some campaigning that goes into it in regards to the Oscars. So people getting gifts, people getting private screeners or going to private screenings of the movies where they're getting expensive gift bags and stuff like that is not the end of the world. Obviously, that kind of stuff happens. The difference is that with this movie... It was about how obvious the campaign was, as well as just how big the uh, online posts were. You know, we're talking about, like, Ed Norton, as well as Susan Sarandon, like, many posts from many famous people look like they were written by the same group of people or that it was all copy and paste in a way that didn't make it seem like it was natural promotion, but that it was very manufactured, that it was incredibly motivated, that these people might have been influenced, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Now, I don't know if these people have been influenced, obviously. I'm not in those circles. It does look like it from the outside, however. And that's why the Oscars are launching this investigation. Simply because so many people are calling the Oscars, inundating them with calls and emails saying, why is this movie, this obscure movie that hit the reins too late to be honest that very few people have even seen why is this movie over 
several worthy other movies getting Oscar consideration. And, you know, I'm not here to speculate on that. However, I am here to say it does, it doesn't look great. So this category, Actress in a Leading Role, is going to be very interesting in regards to how or what happens if two Leslie would actually win. And I would just be personally sad because I really want Michelle Yao to take home that actress in a leading role for everything, everywhere, all at once. Cannot stress how much I love that movie. To move on, we have actress in a supporting role. We have uh, Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever. We have Hong Kwa for The Whale. We have Carrie Condon for Banshees of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Stephanie Hu, both for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So I love Angela Bassett. I'm always going to root for Angela Bassett here. If Stephanie Hu won, I think that would be really cool because she was great in that movie. Uh, you could get Jamie Lee Curtis in there as well. This, in my mind, this role is between like three, maybe four people with Carrie Condon there as well. So we're really going to see some very, very interesting stakes. Now that leads us to the animated featured film. And here, the nominees are really tight. Because you have first Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. You have Marcel the Shell with shoes on. You have Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. You have uh, The Sea Beast. And you have Turning Red. And I'm going to be honest, I've seen four of these five movies. And I cannot tell you who's going to win. I loved Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I thought it was one of the better Pinocchios out there. I loved Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. I loved Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I love Turning Red. I haven't seen The Sea Beast. I'll try and see The Sea Beast while I have time. However, I really loved all of these movies. And normally in the animated category, there's usually one movie that stands above all of them. And everything else is kind of on that second tier. I think this is the first time we're going to see an animated feature film category where there are so many movies that are so close together in terms of how good they are. So I'm I'm really intrigued to see how that's all going to uh how that's all going to play out. For cinematography, we have uh All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False, Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. We have Elvis, Empire of Light, and we also have Tar. So I, this is a toss up for me. I can't tell you which one. I thought cinematography, at least in Elvis, and I've seen Tar, was really solid. So these technical awards are always really interesting simply because visuals complement and say so much about a movie even without words being seen or heard so i'm i'm really intrigued 
by that category. And I can't wait to see who gets it. Uh, you have costume design. You have uh, Babylon. You have Black Panther. You have Elvis. You have everything everywhere all at once. And then you have Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I love costume design. They inform so much on the movie. How someone is dressed is just as important as how they are shot in a movie. And I know at least with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, everything everywhere all at once, Elvis, those had great costume design. And from what I've seen of the trailers, at least with Babylon, I haven't seen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I think we're going to have some really interesting designs in there. I'm probably going to try and catch these before they come out, before the uh, Oscars come out. So, we'll, uh, we'll see. But this is, is going to be a very interesting uh, category. We also have directing. We have uh, Fancies of Annie Sheeran, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Fablemans, Tar, as well as Triangle of Sadness. This is a hard one for me. Uh, obviously, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once did great. I also saw Triangle of Sadness, and Triangle of Sadness was, it was funny in the worst ways possible, which means it was great. So I'm, I'm really interested to see who's going to win that one. I think it's those two at the top, and everything else is just battling it out for third place. You have a documentary feature film. You have All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Naval Knee, or is that Naval NY, or Navali, probably Navali. I've not seen any of these movies, sadly, uh, so I hope somebody wins, and I hope they really do well. I'll probably try and catch one or two of them before the Oscars, just to get an opinion on them. Uh, documentary short film. We have The Elephant Whispers. We have Haul Out. We have How Do You Measure a Year? The Martha Mitchell Effect. And Stranger at the Gate. So, I haven't seen any of the documentary short films either. So, I wish them all the best. And we'll uh, move on. You know, you have film editing. You have Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Tar. And Top Gun Maverick. Now, this is going to feel weird. I want Top Gun Maverick to win this. I thought the editing in that movie was amazing. The way that they made you feel like you were in that plane, flying along with it, feeling the pushing of the Gs and everything like that, I, I really enjoyed it. So I really hope that it wins. But I'm sure... All the movies in this are worthy. Uh, international feature film. You have uh, The Quiet Girl, EO, Close, Argentina, 1985, and All Quiet on the Western Front. The only thing I wish with this category is that you would have RRR in this category simply because I, I thought that was one of the better foreign films of the year 
I'm not going to be mad at this category, but I think RRR should have been nominated at the very least, if not won it outright. Now we go to Makeup and Hairling, All Quiet on the Western Front, Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. This is going to be a really interesting category, simply because the Batman being in this category... I loved the styling of the makeup. I loved how Batman looked. I loved how the Riddler looked. I loved how so many people in that movie looked. So I wouldn't be surprised if it won, especially since a lot of the technical awards, they have much smaller groups in regards to the people who are actually seeing it. And what they're looking for is very different than what an actor or an actress are looking for. So I'm going to be really intrigued and we'll just see from there. Uh, so we're going to go into uh, music, original score, All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans. I'm not a big music guy. So I wish all of them the best, and I'll just move on. So music, original song. We have a uh, applause from Tell It Like a Woman. We have Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Natu Natu from RRR. And This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I wish all these movie i wish all these songs the best i'm gonna say not to not to simply because i want rrr to get a movie but i think all these songs are really good i've actually listened to all of them they're actually all really good now let's get to the meat and potatoes the biggest award of the night which is obviously best picture you're gonna have all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water banshees of inishirin elvis Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Woman Talking. That's that's really a stacked uh, list. I can't say which one is going to win. All I could say is I think Everything Everywhere All at Once, Banshees of Inishirin, and Tar, and Triangle of Sadness are the top four. Anything after that, I think, is on that next list. I think the biggest surprise would be if, uh, like, Avatar The Way of Water won. But I think that's just because I've, I've finally sat down and I've watched Avatar The Way of Water. The problems I have with that movie are the problems I have with the first Avatar, to be honest. So I'm not going to go really big into it. I think... Also, Woman Talking, I don't think that's got a shot. Simply because, while it's while it might be a good movie, I don't think it eclipses any of these other movies that are up here. So, I wish all these movies the best, and uh, we'll move on from there. We have Production Design, we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, Fablemans. We'll see who wins that one. Short film animated, we have The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. 
The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. I gotta say that last one, I love the title, even though it's really long. Just you keep on reading it and you're like, an ostrich told me the world is fake and I think I believe it. Okay, I'm sold on the title alone. I'll probably watch these later on. I wish all these movies the best. Uh, you have a short film live action. You have An Irish Goodbye. The Value, Les Poupilles, uh, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. I've not seen any of these, so I've got no opinion, but I wish all of them the best. And I do apologize if I pronounced any of these movies or anything like that, uh, if I've mispronounced them. I looked it up. I thought I got it right, but obviously I could be wrong. Uh, sound, pretty much the same for... Which category was it? Like, the sound design is pretty much the same one for, I believe, film editing. No, it's not film editing. But, yeah, it mirrors another one, which is Top Gun Maverick, Elvis, Batman, Avatar, The Way of Water, All Quiet on the Western Front. Like I said, I think whoever wins this is going to do great. I'm kind of leaning towards the Batman and Top Gun Maverick simply because sound to me played such a huge role in those two movies even though elvis is about elvis and his singing and stuff like that meant so much so like i said take what i said with a grain of salt but i wish all these the best we have visual effects which is just all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water batman black panther wakanda forever and top gun maverick i I love the visuals for Wakanda Forever. I thought, especially seeing Kuyu Khan or Kulu Khan, that was amazing. The Batman, of course, I loved the visuals in that. Top Gun Maverick, seeing how the planes would move. A lot of that was practical effects. So I'm not sure how much that works in terms of visual effects. And I wouldn't be surprised if Avatar The Way of the Water won this category, simply because the movie, in terms of how it looks, is absolutely stunning. Story, not so much. How it looks, breathtaking, to be honest. So I wouldn't be surprised if any of these movies won. I think I'm kind of leaning now towards, Ava towards Avatar The Way of the Water, simply because... The visual effects in there are stunning. I've never seen water look as good as it has in that movie. So, we'll see on that. Uh, last one you have, well, second to last is writing for an adapted screenplay. All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Woman Talking. I wish all these movies the best. Like, I've only seen three of them. I didn't see Living and I didn't see Woman Talking. So, like I said, I wish them all the best. And writing original screenplay, we of course have The Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. 
I wish all of those movies the best. I I honestly couldn't pick between them simply because I think all of these movies have at their core solid scripts. And it's just about personal preference in terms of which one you like more or less. So we'll see. Uh, that's it in regards to the Oscars. So please, everybody, let me know what you think in regards to the Oscars as a whole. Are there movies that you look forward to? Was there anybody that was snubbed that you really wanted to see at the Oscars? You know, please let me know. And, you know, we'd be more than happy to hear from you. So that is the end of our slightly shorter than normal podcast. As I said, uh, John should be back tomorrow or John should be back next week. So we should hear his food stuff and everything like that. Anyways, if you want to find John, his Instagram is FatManLovesAnimeNYC21. You'll find it in the bio on the Two Sides of a Coin Instagram webpage. If you want to go over there, give him a shout, wish him the best, everything like that. So if you want to find the podcast in general, you can find us in a couple of places. You can find us on Instagram at two sides of a coin. You can email us at two sides podcast at gmail.com. That's T-W-O-S-I-D-E-Z podcast at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at two sides coin. The podcast comes out on Spotify as well as on Podbean every Wednesday. And we love to hear from you guys. We love your input. We love if you love it, hate it, anything like that. We love to hear from you. All right. So I hope you guys have a great week. Hope you guys have, you know, a great rest of the week. And we will hear from you guys next week.